Welcome back to Pop Culture Failure, where we like to think of pop culture and we talk about it. I'm Sky. And I am Jake. And I invite you to sit right back and you'll hear a tale. A tale of a fateful trip? Yeah. It starts here. I actually didn't know how this would get started because I don't. I only remember that the guy had a broken sword. I don't remember anything else about this show. Uh, Yeah, I would. I mean, our thing is like things from pop culture that failed, but the pop in pop culture is for popular. <laughs> And I don't know that this is a thing that anyone remembers or had any impact. Right, but the failure in pop culture failure implies that it didn't work. That's true. That's why we did the Inhumans, because it didn't work. It's high budget-ish, and the Inhumans tried to be popular. At least Marvel tried to tell us they were popular. It <laughs> was a fun couple of years where they're like, we don't own the X-Men right now, you guys like Inhumans. <laughs> we don't, though. I don't care about any one of these creatures. Sky. Except Lockjaw. Okay. And the door guy. Yeah, the door guy was cool. Eldrak. You don't you don't read the current Thor comic? No, I do. Oh you do? Uh it's over there somewhere. Did you did you read are you caught up on it? Because Lockjaw shows up because he hangs out with Throg. I read a different Thor comic then. Oh, okay. Then this one he uh the the cover has him getting into a fist fight with Odin. It's the storyline before that one. Oh. That's the most recent one, the, where Donald Blake comes back and he starts beating yes. up everyone who yes, uh, I did read that who has Odin power and uh, and and they're like, where the fuck is is uh, <laughs> is Lockheed? He can help, and he was hanging out with Frog. Uh, they, Lockheed's a dragon. I mean, uh, what's the dog's name? Lockjaw. Lockjaw. They have half the same name. <laughs> it's confusing. They're superhero pets. You you were close. Yeah. But anyway, the dog is the dog is with the frog, and that's good. That was a good time. I also enjoyed when Lockheed hung out with uh, Kamala Khan, Lock- because she's such a tiny little lady, and he's just a dog the size of a small sedan. Lockjaw should just occasionally show up in all comics. I mean, he teleports, so that's the justification you need. Right? He's, he's he's a dog. He wanted to go for a run or I whatever. Think, I think Batman comics would be better if uh, every third issue, uh, Lockjaw just showed up. <laughs> Did we have? I think we decided that Blackjaw was a dog that became a, an inhuman dog, or is he a people that became a dog? I don't know if we decided that. Someone listen back to our old episodes and tell us what we decided then, and see how it compares to what we're about to decide now. I feel like he was a dog that became a super dog. But there, in the comics or in the in the comics, I think oh, okay. they justified them having a dog that, or they experimented on dogs also. Because he's the, the only dog in the show. That doesn't seem to track, because there are no, no. other animals. No, He's they don't even have water. He, yeah, he was definitely a person that got turned into a dog. Yeah, because they got a guy who turned into a projector. And a guy that got turned into a door. <laughs> what a stupid fucking thing. Oh, heavens. One guy just got bird tail in hands, and he got sentenced to dig in the mines. <laughs> like everyone else who didn't get a cool power. Yeah, you got bird hands, that's good for digging, right? That's what <laughs> birds are known for. You got projector eyes? All right. We'll keep show you in a closet some, till we need you. Show us some stuff. We want to watch America's Funniest Home Video <laughs> on your face. Not, none of that new shit. We want to see Bob Saget. Yeah. Get out of here, Carlton. <laughs> or that guy in between, Ron Bergeron? Good job. I could, I was trying to pull that out of my brain. and I... There's no reason for me to remember that at all. I stopped watching that show, uh, you know, when Saget was still the uh, uh, host. And yet here we are. Still a thing. Like, the internet exists, right? I guess there's a cash prize. And there are parents who don't spend as much time on the internet, but still want to see people get hit in the nuts. <laughs> or fall down. Yeah, or funny videos of little squirrels doing stuff. But we're doing Pirates of Black, or Dark Water. Pirates of Dark Water. Black Water sounds cooler. Well, we don't know. We haven't met the Dark Water yet. It's true. We've, well, we've seen a little bit of it in the opening. How it seems to be. This is one of those good shows that bad. gives you the rundown about uh, what it is yeah. beforehand, <laughs> which I appreciate. It is helpful. The only way it could be better is if it wasn't a song. That's that's true. Just like Gilligan's Island. Exactly. Tell you exactly what you need to know. Or Under the Sea. Tells you yes. what you need to know. Any exposition song, really. We were able. To, well, we I say we, but it was Jake who was able to finally find it. Uh, it dropped off to be. Like, the week we decided that we were going to do it for the show. So, we have it, but 
There's no captions, so we're going to get stuff wrong. So be ready for that. Yeah, Sky can't handle everyone's name when uh, they're in captions. That's so true. We'll see how it goes here. I think it's Tom Bergeron. I said Ron, didn't yes, I? Yes, you did, but I couldn't remember what the, the correct answer was. Yeah. But it came to me while we were talking. I think you're correct. I think I am, too. I was pretty close. You were. I was very proud of you. You got Bergeron. <laughs> So yeah, so we get a very informative opening credit sequence. We see some giant snakes eating birds and stuff. It's about this spooky planet that's Waterworld, I guess. I guess. Um, it has a name. A- octopus something? Octopod. I assume that just meant like the city. I think it is. Mer is the planet. Oh, okay. Octopod is the city. Like Merman? Mermaid? Yes, or Mer City. Or Mer planet. the embalming oil? As well, the gifts given to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Oh yes, frankincense I, and myrrh. I know you can sell them for money. They could have just brought him lots of gold, but instead they brought him some stuff he could sell for gold. Was that their plan? Like, it's, so that's sell it. That's what you do with it. I mean, unless well, you, really... you don't want to use your myrrh. <laughs> I mean, what use is a baby gonna have for myrrh? I don't know what myrrh is for. It's an embalming oil. Well, you'd embalm stuff then. Not as a baby. They could embalm stuff for him. He's not going to be, like, doing anything of relevance until he's, like, in his 30s. Well, yeah, but he could be magic and, like, little, like, magic things could be happening around him. And they'll be like, what is, what's happening? So, <laughs> there's a guy in a, in a sailboat out in the sea. The sea's all purple and dark. I don't know if this is the titular dark water or if it's just, like, dark out. The dark the lighthouse water seems to be Venom, based on <laughs> what they tell us in the opening Preamble. At one point, somebody's holding a jewel that's glowing, and they plunge their hand into some dark water, and it foams up like a, a Mentos and a Coca-Cola. I mean, we got a lot. Uh, 22 more episodes to figure out exactly what dark water is. But yeah, so this guy, who seems woefully unprepared to be on the ocean, is wearing pink, he's got a Santa Claus beard, and a nice bronze to him. He's very... looks like he's been out in the sun for a pretty long time. He seems to be trying to navigate it with a stick... That's not how sailboats work. Nah, that's that's more of a gondola situation when yeah. you're in Venice. Uh, although, we'll get into it later, but I don't think this uh, show can, follows the conventions of how sailboats work. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, okay, you got me there. So we cut over to a lighthouse where there's a teeny tiny fire that apparently is shining way out into the distance. And uh, some guy who looks like Longshot, but with uh, the same bronzed skin that we saw on Santa Claus. He uh, also has Professor X's eyebrows, guy. He does. He has Professor X's facial structure completely. Like, if you, if that dude was just bald, he'd just be a, a brown Professor X. This is Professor X after one of those Jim Lee um, flash pages where the X-Men are at the beach <laughs> from, the, from this time period. So a wave crashes up and smashes in a window and puts out the light and also soaks our, our guy, whose name I straight up don't know. Jim. I'm just going to keep calling him Longshot. Jim, I mean, Ren. Um, Good thing I have my phone cut. <laughs> some lady pops out from a trap door and she's like, it's too stormy out. And her design is weird. Like, I can't put my finger on it, but she looks more like a Planet of the Apes monkey lady. Well, everyone in this, except for, like, our heroes, are kind of monsters, so... I think one of them's got a weird haircut. It makes him look a little more monstery. But uh, our, our guy, what is his name? Ren? Ren. Ren. Longshot takes out, like, a... a what I thought was like a wineskin, but it's actually full of oil. And he uh, relights the the uh, the lighthouse. This wineskin has the flint on the opening where the the kerosene or whatever comes out, which seems like a really poor design choice. Like a Boy Scout ass Boy Scout ass guy can't handle this poor design. Look, it seems like a bomb <laughs> if you don't cap it properly or. Whatever, it's, it's, you're literally just exploding a bomb. Yeah, look how well he did. He's a profesh. I guess. But apparently this is uh, Ren's just job. He's the lighthouse keeper. Seems like a pretty cool job to have as a young man. Hanging out in the lighthouse. Pretty rad. It seems like the ideal job for you now. You don't have to talk to anybody? Yeah, yeah. as long as the lighthouse had Wi-Fi for your pornography. <laughs> uh-huh. And like streaming. Yeah, um, streaming pornography. Right. Ren tells the lady that he sees somebody out there. That's why he can't go in. And then they both watch as that ship hits the rocks. And Ren's like, oh, that guy is still alive. I'm going to go help him. 
and the lady who only sees his hand is like completely catatonic and lets him run off. What was she going to stop him? Probably. She was like, come away from the the, the stormy windows because you'll die up here or whatever. Yeah, and that didn't stop him. So how is she, how is this old lady going to stop our young hero from parkouring down the stairs quickly? With Cinnabons? Like she'll make Cinnabons? Yeah, or she has already made Cinnabons. I don't know. Well, she should. I don't know what her ready. deal is. She should get those ready because he's going to go in that cold water. Yeah, he drops like four stories <laughs> using his rad parkour skills. I mean, I guess we don't know what the gravity is like on this planet. I guess. He, he lands and is okay. He doesn't even roll out his momentum. He just lands directly on his heels and that should just shatter his legs all the way up. Yeah, no wonder this didn't do well. <laughs> Physics, Jake. They matter. Uh, but he swims out and he saves the guy. Pretty easy for him to do. I guess he's a lifeguard and a lighthouse keeper. I mean, I guess if you're a, a lighthouse guy, you gotta know how to swim, right? Not necessarily. I wouldn't think so. I'm, I, your whole deal is staying in the lighthouse and making sure that the thing's lit. Yeah, but what if your light bulb burns out, you don't have any more, and someone crashes, you gotta swim out there to save them. No, I think you call someone. It's too late. He's already drowning. Yeah. It's, well, it would play out exactly like this just played out. If you have the heroic need in your heart to save them, for sure. I certainly have nothing heroic inside <laughs> of me. I met you. I can eat a heroic amount of french fries. Is that... Is that what you tell yourself? Yes. <laughs> My heart hurts because it's so heavy with... Uh, with the heroism. Yeah, heroism and the responsibility I've given myself <laughs> to eat all of these french fries. That's right. Between you and the dog, you get it done every time. So the old man gets pulled ashore and our boy Ren is trying to talk to him, but he's kind of delirious. At which point, I believe there's an act break, and when we come back, we see this ship that's clearly the bad guy ship because it's made out of bones. Does bone float? Maybe bird bones because they're hollow? Hmm, it's a bird bone boat. Maybe. But I don't think whatever monsters they have here that these bones are made or came from are like not dense, I guess. I guess, I guess they could have been sea creatures. And I don't know how the bones are sticking together like that. Mag magic. Boat magic. Sure. Good enough. Um, Tar. We see our bad guy. He's clearly the bad guy. <laughs> Anything that you could do to code someone as a bad guy, this guy's been coded in that. He's missing an eye. He's got a lightning bolt golden replacement. I don't know if it's a patch or if it's a, like a, a false eye. But he does have a scar over that eye. And a scar over the other one, but he can see out of the other one. Double eye scars. That's right. I don't know to whom, but he looks real racist. If he was colored differently, he would be very racist. Yes. He's got a very sallow, palish yellow color to his skin. His, what Sky is trying to say is his lips are drawn like someone in like the turn of the century would draw a black person. Yeah. But they're not colored that way, so I think it's okay. Yeah, he's racist to a race that doesn't exist, I think. I, mean, I hope. He, yeah, I guess so. He, he's a lizard or something? <laughs> I don't know, man. I do dig his outfit, though. He's got pink pauldrons and a, a green cape that has a high collar. He's got an earring that's just like a big piece of blue. And then the other earring just has an earring in it. You forgot that his pauldrons have big yellow spikes on them. Oh, you're right. I did forget that. But it's okay. I didn't. So we see him pick up a guy... Uh, apparently this guy was in charge of making sure that Santa Claus didn't escape. Uh, he claims that he took his eye off only for a moment. And our bad guy, whose name is Sloth? No. Bloth. Bloth. Uh, says, a moment's all you have left to live, and then drops him into a pit full of rancors, I guess. They're they're more like Dianoga. I don't know what that is. That's the monster that tries to eat Luke uh, in a trash compactor. Okay. Yeah, you're right. I know. <laughs> and then Bloth turns to a, a monkey bird and tells him to find uh, the kid. I don't know how he knows, but he does. No, he doesn't tell him to find the kid. He tells him to find the old man. Oh, Because okay. the old man escaped from him. He's been, he's had him for 17 years. And that's why the, the guy was like, well, he hasn't gone in for 17 years. I turned my back once and he got out. I thought that he was looking at him through the telescope, but that happens later. Yeah. My so, so he sends uh, a nib nibbler... Except it's not Nibbler. What's the bird's name? I think it is. It sounds like Nibbler. It's Nidler. Nidler. Oh, really? All this time I was hearing Nibbler. That's because that's what I accidentally said before they said it. Okay. And then you could only hear that. 
It's with D's. <laughs> okay. That was a, that's a mistake on their part. <laughs> so we cut back to Ren and the old this man. Was bo- this was before Futurama's guy. They weren't. It's Futurama's fault, not theirs. Yeah, but nibble is still a word. Yeah. An adjective for it would be nibbler. Yeah, but this is a wacky science fiction place. Like a little deer coming over to just nibble at your lawn. You just, Shut up. Just nibble it. So Santa Claus tells, uh, or he touches Ren's hand and it glows blue. He's like, look in and see, what do you see? And there's like uh, a spectral city that looks fairly modern. That's Octo- Octagon. Octopon. And uh, Ren's like, I'm seeing some shit and it's a city. Uh, Santa Claus tells him, yeah, you're seeing your destiny. I don't know. Is he going to be an architect, a city planner? It's like, you Wait, should... do you really not know? Or are you being funny? I'm being funny. It's hard to tell what you don't know sometimes. Yes, I know. Sometimes you miss key details like the monkey bird heads going after the prisoner who has escaped. <laughs> and also I say everything with the same inflection. Yes, it's awful. Yep. Uh, but eventually... I don't know how anyone listens to this thing. <laughs> Santa tells him uh, to go chase his destiny and... He calls him my son, which I assumed was just an old man talking to a young person, like you'd get in fiction and stuff. You couldn't tell by the fact that they have the exact same skin color that no one else has had so far? That I, they were we've only head. seen, like, four people, and yeah. one of them was just, like, a, a pale, gross dude. Yes, I, I don't understand. So there's not a lot. We don't have a, a wide selection of people to choose from. Uh, whatever, Sky. But then a, a wave comes up. After uh, Santa dies, and apparently he was made of sugar because he just disappears in the water. It's going to happen to me when I'm dead on the beach. <laughs> Ren bows his head in reverence, and then he's still seeing the uh, the spectral city. And there's another act break. When we come back, uh, Ren is telling the lady of the lighthouse. There's a good chance she has a name, but I don't know what it is. <sighs> Mom? Granny Smith. And uh, he's describing what had happened and how weird it was. How he's not really concerned with how the body just dissolved into nothing. But then the lady grabs a brick out of the fireplace and is like, oh yeah, that guy was totally your dad. Here's his sword. It's broken. Yeah, she just gives us up, like, with no... Right. There's no reason... It seems as though... It seems like there was no reason she was hiding it at all. Yeah. And then, like, (laughs) she... Maybe she just straight up forgot and then saw Santa. Oh, yeah, oh fuck like, me. Oh, that was your dad. Oh, man. I'm so sorry. I was supposed to give you this half a sword a long time ago. Sorry, dude. Uh, sorry also about your dad. So he holds up the broken sword. And she's like, yeah, you should go get the 13 treasures or whatever. And she tells him the name of a guy. The bad guy? No, not the bad guy. The Godzilla guy. He has a name. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ab- Abeloth or something. Right. Because... Ren doesn't know where to go, obviously, because he's just some fucking guy who's destined for great things. Yeah. Not unlike Luke Skywalker or Tell any the hero. hero's journey, Sky. Look it up. Yeah, I, I, I finished with or any hero, really. This is the this is the the call to action or whatever the, the first part is. Yeah, I think it's the refusal of the call. Uh, that happens, I think, at some point. Yes. I think that's actually like the third action. Yeah. Of the seven part story, because you have to you have to. You know, leave your home first before you can be like, oh, fuck, right. I hate this. <laughs> That's right. But uh, the monkey bird sla- slams through the window. and No, Sky, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know about you, but the more I listen to this monkey bird, the more I was like, the fuck's this monkey bird sound so familiar? Why does yeah. it sound exactly like Abu from Aladdin? It's because it's Frank Welker, who is Abu from Aladdin. Of course. That makes a lot of sense. Yes. I mean, who else would you get it other than Frank Welker? To make animal sounds? Yeah, no one. Exactly. So except for me, that guy from Avatar, whose it, name I don't remember. Except uh, these first five episodes were a miniseries that they showed first, mm-hmm. and uh, he had a different voice in that. It was Roddy McDowell, um, who I can't imagine made those uh, monkey sounds. Nah, they probably just had those on a mix board so they yeah. can... But this is definitely Frank Walker, because I recognize that above all of this. <laughs> like, that fucking thing sounds like a boo. Sure does. Uh, and it straight up Wizard of Oz is him. It just grabs him by the shoulders and just carries him off yeah, like an right evil monkey. I did not expect him to be able, you know, I, I've got a preoccupation with physics and how the monkey would not be able to carry him. But Scott, you know, you're does. obsessed with a planet that has the same gravity as this planet. And this clearly <laughs> is not that planet. You don't know that. You don't know that it is or isn't. Whatever side that I'm not on, you don't know that other side. <laughs> that is true, I guess. 
At one point, Ren grabs a fistful of feathers and rips them out, which is very damaging to birds. Don't do that. Yeah, but this is a monkey bird. It's fine. Yeah, but like... Also, birds are terrible. Rip all the feathers out of them that you want. They have like clotting issues, so if you rip out their feathers, they might bleed to death. Well, then they shouldn't be so terrible. <laughs> but the monkey bird talks. I didn't expect it to talk. No, so when it we... doesn't talk for a minute. Yeah. Uh, once we arrive to the evil bone ship, the monkey bird just throws him through a sail, which also seems like ill-planned on yeah. the bird's part, because they need that for traveling. But Ren hits a table, and then the monkey bird swoops down and is like, fucking feed me, dude. I did your bidding, now give me dinner. Cause I need brekkie. No, broth. No, broth. Broth. Um, is there, he's, you know, he's not eating, actually. He's just preparing to. He's got a fork, and he jabs it into uh, into Ren's chest and says that he's undercooked. Is this dude a cannibal, do you think? He's definitely eating some people, yes. Okay. I mean, I, I'm... I, I agree completely. It's just like... That we should eat people? I mean, they're one of the only resources we're going to have left eventually, so... <laughs> uh, but yeah, the monkey bird swoop, swoops down and he's like, fucking feed me. I did the thing. And... Blah. Bloth. I want to call him broth and sloth, and I can't... I'm not going to get it this episode. Bloth says, I wanted an old man. And the bird monkey says, old man, young man, whatever. I did the racist thing. racist and all people look the same to him. <laughs> Which is fine. Uh, but then Bloth was like, no, how dare you not give me the guy. I'm going to throw you down to the creatures in the hold. I forget what he called them. Constrictors? That sounds right. I was um, going to call them booger blasters, but you're just, <laughs> I think, correct. <laughs> but to emphasize that threat, uh, Bloth's dudes lift up a cage also made of bones, like a rib cage. They're like, ha, yeah, we'll do it. Ha, 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 ha. But he's a fucking bird who can fly yeah. and probably fit through those gaps. So I don't think it'll work great, but whatever, it's fine. The monkey bird is sufficiently spooked, I guess. And he gets away anyway, so. Yeah. Here's something upsetting about the monkey bird is he's got a bird beak for the upper part and then monkey lips for the bottom part, and I hate it. I don't find it that upsetting. I hate it. So he does bite off and fly away. And all the crew pull out, like, slingshots and throwing stars, and they start trying to kill him. Maybe they're not throwing stars. It's just 2D animation. I think they might just be seeing enemies that are all I, spiky. I think so. Because um, they do just fit them into like a pocket of them. Yeah, a, a lot star. of their weapons seem to be uh, sea animal based. Yeah, it gets weird. <laughs> but Monkey Bird flies away. And at this point, Bloth decides, we'll have a conversation now that we're civilized humans and you didn't see me just threaten a bird. Um, I mean, you're still talking to me and I threatened birds just a minute ago. <laughs> I guess that's fair. Also, you're contractually obligated. We started another show. You're going to talk <laughs> for at least 20 more of these. That's right. Bloth is trying to sweet talk him, except he's gross and Ren isn't really having it. Ren is so hero-coded. He's standing like Superman right now. That's how he stands. Fist on his hips. How do you stand? I don't. I sit down a lot. Just laying on the floor always. That's right. Every There's... time I come in here, you're laying face down on the floor sighing. <laughs> That's how I breathe. Also, Joe the Camel's in this. First of all, yes, he is. Second, his name's Joe Camel, not Joe the Camel. You got me there. <laughs> Joe the Camel. Well, this is legally distinct. He's Joe <laughs> the Camel, Jake. <laughs> this is James the Camel. <laughs> the The crew of the... James Dromedary. The crew of the Bone Zone are all different monsters. Like, yeah. There's dwarves and, I don't know, droopy-faced men I, there's it's weird it's they're all very hodgepodge goblin yeah do you think we ever see that camel man again i hope so <laughs> you know, i like his hipster hat <laughs> he's got a lot going for him but eventually ren lets slip that uh, old man was his dad and that he's not gonna help uh sloth bluff fuck that only started as a joke and then got worse as i tried to actually remember so bluff picks up Ren and tosses him down into the into the constrictor cage, where we see three horrible things pop out of the They're water. Like dune worms. Yeah, I was trying to think of a different thing that it looks like, and I can't I can't find it. But I guess dune worms will have to do. It's sort of like the big worm from Beetlejuice, but not really. I haven't seen Beetlejuice, so it uh, doesn't land either. I had not seen Beetlejuice until I was a grown up, and it actually holds up. It's pretty good. If you didn't see it till you were a grown-up, it doesn't really hold up. It, that just means that it is good. 
Okay, then, yes, you're right. It's just good. <laughs> I've only seen, like, the first half a couple of times, and it, I was a child, and it didn't appeal to me. That's because so you're, I don't a, know how it you're a weird child, Sky, who didn't like things. Yeah. Like, I'll be upstairs reading my Ninja Turtles fanfic, but back <laughs> then we didn't know the term fanfic, so it was just poems you wrote. <laughs> Just sitting on the toilet reading your own poems about Michelangelo and Leonardo kissing. Sounds like me. I know you're being sarcastic, but that does kind of sound <laughs> like you. Venus wasn't around yet, so yeah. I had to Except make do it probably, They were probably drawings, not writings. <laughs> now it sounds exactly like you. Well, you so, just play against so <laughs> Yep. So, uh, Ren swims to the side. Like I mentioned before, the cage seems to be made out of bones. So it's a natural ladder. Yeah, when I first when they first open it, I'm like, "Well, that's a bad design. You can climb right out." Mm-hmm. That's exactly what happens. Yes. Yeah. Is this a pit in the ship, or is this reaching down to the water and this thing just like hangs out on the bottom of the ship? Great question. It's not wise to have a pit full of water in your ship. Yeah, just a but I guess cruise, cruise ships have pools, but they're on like the top deck, not at, in the. I don't know, man. I don't either. It's probably not smart to make your ships out of bones either. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the bone hole seems to be way bigger on the inside. Yeah, that's what she said. So Ren goes to the side, obviously, and then the giant worms tried to eat him. He pulls out his uh, lighter fluid bag. Yeah, Chekhov's canteen of gasoline. And he soaks, they apparently have enough knowledge to get away from it, but then uh, he's able to strike the bag and kill the thing, which actually turns out to be the tongue of a much bigger thing, and he escapes. It's pretty easy for him. Well, he escapes the, the hole, but now he's got to face all the pirates, including the little guy with a peg leg. Yeah, and a meat cleaver. Yeah. So they do a Scooby-Doo, and they uh, Ren hides on the other side of a mast while the, other, while the bad guy with the droopy face tries to chase him around until uh, he takes a swing with his meat cleaver, embeds it into the, uh, the mast, and then he gets kicked into a different mast. And then a Rube Goldberg device kind of activates, and Ren gets pulled up to the top of one of the so full masts. Of masts. There's so many masts. Wish I knew anything about ships to describe I mean, them. You know just about as much as the people who wrote this show. Yeah, that's fair. And they made it up so it could do whatever the fuck they felt like. Yeah. But uh, Ren cl- climbs up to a crow's nest that seems to be made out of a big-ass pelvis. Yep. Bloth loads up a uh, three-pronged catapult. Uh, he puts jellyfish, I think. It looks like the Pokemon Inky. They seem to be some sort of acid-producing jellyfish, yes. Right. He launches them at the mast instead of just relying on the, like, 50 guys who are climbing up after him. And the mast starts dissolving, which seems like, don't you need that for yeah. something? Who's going to get up in the crow's nest and yell land ho when you find land? Right. How are you going to get more big bones? Like, what has a pelvis that big? But Ren is just up there, not really knowing what to do. And then the bird monkey shows back up. And Niddler. Ta- Niddler. And it kind of taunts him. He's like, looks like you're having a bad day. And Ren's like, yeah, dude, you put me here in this situation. Um, but then Niddler grabs him and they start to fly away. At which point, Bloth is like, fucking kill them, please. So they launch a bunch of, uh, not pterodactyls, not really dragons. Dragodactyl. Something in between. And a bunch of pirates go chasing after him as Niddler flies off with him. Ren asks for help, and Niddler says, what's in it for me? Ren's like, I don't know, the good of Octopod? And Niddler's like, nah, you gotta feed me. Uh, yeah, I need dinner. Okay, yeah. Maybe thinking short term, but it's also true. He'll die. We don't know when he was fed last. Act break. We come back. And then there's just this, this like a, I don't know what they call it, temple on top of a big spire sticking out of the water. It's got a sort of Japanese-style architecture, but not really. It looks like a mix between Aztec and Japanese. There's two, like, carved dragons out front of this shrine. Nibbler's like, is there food in here? Because that's going to be his personality. Yeah. He and, uh, uh, what was, I already forgot the guy's name from Chuck Norris. Tabe. Tabe. They got the same affliction. Yeah. Hunger. So they go inside, and they, there's a gong and a bunch of stuff written in like a bubbling acid pool or something it was unclear to me when we first watched it and especially now that we're watching without sound how did they know where to go no idea okay. I, I i assumed that they just found it by chance but it seems as though it was on purpose because nidler asks is this what we're looking for and ren just says yes but they do make it there 
And then they go in the temple. There's some guy in there. I don't know what his name was. Well, they think he's... The the dad said a name to him uh, that was like Abel or Abel. It's something with an A sound. Alan. And so this person, the, the, the Alan, seems to be something that people are aware of but think is a fable. So perhaps this tower is associated with that name. So Ren asks this guy if he's Alan and he is not Alan. But he says, just hold on a second. Yeah, but I do know where he is. I know where Alan is. He's at. here. He seems very forthcoming with all of this information. Yeah, and he's very he's needlessly aggressive and like in your face. <laughs> well, he may be blind, so he may not be he may not know that he's in your face. But he does, for no real reason, just give Ren a, a magic compass that'll help him find the thirteen treasures. Maybe he can see through time or whatever, and he knows that this guy's the chosen one. He surrenders this artifact super readily. Yeah. And he's got a weird tattoo across his face. It's just a big blue mark. Or maybe he's blind and he doesn't know it's there. Maybe it's just more <laughs> I suppose. So Niddler and uh, Run head downstairs to go find Mark or whatever the hell the name of this thing is. Alan, you Alan, just said. That's right. And a, and a Godzilla who's, you know, like 1 16th scale shows up. And it's Alan the Godzilla. Right. He's got an earring. Sure does. Ren yells for Alan to call off his beast, and the beast picks him up, and he's like, no, nah, dude, I'm Alan. He sets him down. It seemed to just be a threat for no real reason. I wanted to call him Greg. Uh, Ren? Ren, thank you, explains the situation, how he's after the 13 treasures, and I was told that by my dad that maybe you'd be able to help. Godzilla's like, yeah, give me a second, and then he breathes fire on the wall, and there's an incredibly long poem. It's a fucking paragraph and a half. It tells him cryptic information as to how to find the, uh, the the treasures. It boils down to there are 13 treasures. Follow the compass and you can have them. Yeah. And it'll bring your octopus city back. <laughs> Pretty much. But imagine that overly verbose and also with rhymes. Yes. Ren doesn't write it down, but I guess we did just summarize it super quickly. Yeah, like, you don't really need to know anything other than there are 13 treasures. And yeah. it, it does say they... Something about them dwelling in the realm of dark water. So I guess when he goes to there, we'll find out what dark water is. Yeah, but also, like, Godzilla could have just said, uh, the necklace will show you where to go. Yeah, but that's not dramatic. True. Alan the Godzilla is nothing if not dramatic. But wouldn't you know it, uh, Bloth shows up. Uh, he must have followed the dragon riders here. And the pirates start whipping cannonballs that are on fire at the wall that uh, the one guy opened. They tied him up, so he's not cooperating, so they have to smash through the wall. And Godzilla's like, dude, you gotta go. Get them treasures or whatever. And you'd think Godzilla would be able to just incinerate a bunch of dudes, but yeah, instead... It doesn't look like it should be hard for him. He's a, he's like 20 feet tall, and he can breathe fire. And he's a dragon, I guess. But he gets overtaken super quickly. He didn't... He didn't uh... He did. They had one thing he didn't count on was that they had ropes, <laughs> and that's his one weakness. He did, yeah, he wasn't expecting the cat's paw grapples. They're able to tie up his tail and pull it over his crotch, so it looks like it's a big wing wing. Well, it's hiding his actual penis in the shot. <laughs> that's fair. You say wing wang? I sure did. Get the fuck out of here. This is my house. Say yeah. what I want. I'm gonna burn it down if you keep talking like that. Do it, coward. Wing wang. The pirates overtake it pretty quick, and then we actually see him get stabbed a couple times. Like, there's no blood, but the pirates do definitely stab him in the tum-tum. Ren pulls his broken sword from his boot. He keeps it in his boot. What the fuck are you going to do with a broken-ass sword, Ren? It's basically a, a knife at this point, man. you got to get so close to use it, and it's already broken. It's probably going to break again. It's just sat in a fireplace for 17 years, I guess. Rusty as shit. Yeah. But he goes over and he's like, I'm fucking long shot. And he tackles like six dudes at a time. And then somehow Power Ranger kicks a lot of them into the water that's boiling. I don't know if it's water or acid or what. It's but he, stew. But he knocks a lot of dudes into that water. And I assume they die. Because the dragon fucking dies. Well, he got tied up a little bit. He got stabbed a bunch too. Well, that'll do it. Uh, and Bloth is like, 50 gold pieces to whoever kills that fucking kid. And Ren makes a quip. It's not very good or funny, but he does say you have to get him before you can spend him. And he kicks a bunch more dudes into the boiling water. To their death, I assume. A guy shows up. He's wearing lavender and pink. And he's got frizzy hair like he's Kenny G. And uh, he has got a, a fire bow and arrow. 
Niggler tries to take him out, but he doesn't. The arrow guy throws, I guess Archer would be the word. The Archer throws him to Bluff. And Bluff's like, I'm going to kill this funky monkey bird unless you come with us. Because he wants the, the compass necklace. Because he wants the treasures of whatever. But apparently, our boy Ren is also good with a bow. Because he shoots a flaming arrow into Bluff's wrist guard and pins him to a wall. I guess when you live in a in a lighthouse, you have nothing but time to get good at other stuff. Yeah, that is what we're seeing. So Niddler's freed, uh, and they both escape. Ren doesn't think to take the bow with him. Well, he only had the one arrow. I guess, but you can buy more arrows. Mm, I don't know. So I don't know where we go or how they get there, but we're in a town now. Well, they get there because Niddler can fly them there. Okay. I figured he'd be tired because he flew them to the spire. Well, probably, but if he wants dinner, he'll fly them elsewhere. Fair enough. And they get disguises through, I guess they had money too. Niddler's hungry and he's bitching about it. And Ren finds a, a, a flyer. I don't, I think it's just a map of some sort. Um, so we cut to a tavern and Mos Eisley's where uh, Ren's trying to find a guide or a pilot or a ship captain. I don't know what you call someone who drives the boat. I guess it's pilot. It's a captain. No, nah, because I don't think the captain pilots the boat. I think the captain's just in charge. Because you got a guy to do the boat or the steering wheel. I think mostly he just wants his own pirate to okay. help him. <laughs> and we see our next character, who's going to be part of the te- the main the core team. Uh, she's currently serving drinks to a bunch of douchebags. Uh, she's basically dressed like Ariel, not Ariel, Jasmine. She has the voice of Ariel. Yes, but she's just like Jasmine, but in pink, more hair groupings instead of just the big ponytail in the back. I don't know her name. Hair groupings. What'd you call him? Don't know, but I wouldn't use that term. Her, <laughs> her, name, her name is Tula. Tula, okay. And then Ren sees a guy with a front ponytail and a weird mustache. It's like, I bet that guy knows how to pilot a ship. So he and uh, uh, Needler, Nidler, Nidler, bet Nidler, um, start arguing about which direction is north on the map. And uh, double ponytail head comes over i don't know his name either and he says uh that i'll be your captain and then he insults uh niddler because he doesn't talk to mutant beasts his name is ayaz 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 and tula who is not tila the lady from Union. no that, that's a different show right tula brings over a bunch of food and drink runs like i didn't know where this and uh io ayaz ayaz says no i ordered it we're gonna be friends that's pretty much it. The, the record is struck pretty easily. Yeah. They agree to split their treasure 50-50. Niddler uh, has a problem with him, but Io says some Io's. Io's. It's, it's capital I-O-Z. It's like, whatever, you'll get three meals. And Niddler's like, great. We cut to what Io's must have claimed to be his ship. And he's hurrying. Fucking hell. Uh, Ren? Ren to get the supplies on board. At which point a bunch of dudes uh, come running up and like, get away from my ship. And that right then is, and there should have been, uh, like, Ren should have recognized that they were stealing this. This ship is called the Wraith. How ominous. That sounds like a bad guy ship. It sure does. I guess it was stolen so that he didn't get to name it, but whatever. But yeah, Ayaz tricked him into stealing a boat. That's pretty much the end of the scene. You'd be harder to steal a boat. Yeah, I'd assume that there'd be at least a guy there to watch it. So we cut to five days later, and Ayaz is pissed that uh, Ren has led him on a wild goose chase for nothing. And he's like, well, actually, we're following this magical beam of compass light. <laughs> that just happens to turn on as you scream at me. Right. They wheel the boat around and they follow the compass. We come to what seems to be a crazy natural structure. Yes. I don't understand. I don't think this could. I mean, obviously, this couldn't really exist in real life. <laughs> Not on accident. Like, this, is, this could be man-made. Because it is above the rest of the sea. And it's just a path wide enough for two ships, I guess. It's like a river in the ocean. Yeah, hovering above it with water pouring off every single edge. Like, there are spires of rock sticking up, but... And Io is like, we're gonna die if we go that way. Justifiably so. But Ren's like, nah, dog, we're gonna we're gonna sail through this and we're gonna find some treasure. And then it's seeming random spires of rock just shoot out of the water. I don't know how or why. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess it's a natural defense the river in the ocean has. 
And apparently all this time the giant bone ship was able to sneak up on them. They gotta be more careful about who's following them. Yeah, also, like, he just found a map and then they were just following a compass made of light. How the fuck could this other ship have intercepted them? It seems like this is Waterworld and there's a lot of space to cover. Yeah, I guess they were just sort of just a little bit behind the whole time and they these guys are just dumb dumb yeah Iowa wants to turn around Ren says no and then out of nowhere Tula pops out of a hatch and says oh shit the steam room in the bottom got too hot so she's just been hiding in this ship for five days <laughs> yep I, nobody noticed rations disappearing or like a lady walking around She's like, yeah, I'm part of the crew now. And I was just like, great, a lady. Fantastic. We're going to die for sure. Ladies don't go on boats. Boats is for mans. <laughs> well, the superstition was that a woman on board was bad luck. Apparently she knows a whole lot about ship stuff. Well, she lived in a port town. Sure. That doesn't really translate to inherent knowledge, though. Yeah, you listen. Yeah, but you there's, learn. there's quite a difference between practice and theory. Like, yeah, well, theoretically, I know how a, a manual engine works, but I don't think I'd be able to do it on my first go. Yeah, well, you don't know what she's been up to. She On her days off, she could just hang out on boats. <laughs> Sky, just because she's a woman doesn't mean she can't do boats. Because that's what you're saying right now. She should be safe back at her serving job, where I guess she hated it. But she does futz about with the sails and turns the boat into a glider. That'll come up later. Ren's necklace shoots out a laser beam, and Ren dispatches uh, Nibbler to go get it. There's just a spire with a shrine on it with a gem in the middle of a stone block. Yeah, it's like the first jewel of the 13. If they're all this easy to find, this is going to be a real short show. (laughs) It's only 26 episodes or whatever. It's 21 episodes. Oh, yeah. But there's only 13 jewels if each one gets found in an episode. What happens in the rest of them? I don't know. Fist fights? Also, I'm not totally sure, but I think they don't end up finding all of them in the end before it gets canceled. (laughs) That's a bummer. If I recall my toy galaxy history. Mm. Bluff sees Niddler flying towards the thing and then yells at them to take down the bird. So they load up a catapult with a flaming rock and they explode the shrine at the top of the spire. Now catapults, as I understand them, aren't an exceptionally accurate thing. You just kind of point it and hope. You are using too much Earth logic on this planet that is not Earth. Look, just because they have Saturn in the background doesn't mean it's not Earth. I'll accept the bird that's a monkey, but I won't accept that they can (laughs) aim a catapult. Well, you can't aim a catapult. You just point it, and you hope. Yeah, and they hoped hard enough. Right, but there were two other baskets. Like, they they can shoot three at a time. Why would you only shoot one? Because you're that good at catapult. Fine. So seeing that, or assuming that the monkey bird is dead... Uh, Ren's like, you know what, actually, fuck this, and takes a hard right off of the platform of water. And because Tula positioned the sails correctly, the boat just gently glides down and everything's fine. I mean, Ren's a little broken up that they, that the monkey bird's dead until the bird just lands there. He's like, nah, I'm good, actually. He doesn't say anything because he's got the jewel in his mouth. I never thought he would die because he would make too silly of a toy. Meanwhile, Bloth is just sitting, I don't know how he's stationary at the top of the waterfall. Maybe he dropped anchor or something. Yeah, I was going to say, it's called an anchor. But he, he's also yelling over the sound of a waterfall to, <laughs> to Ren and crew how, about how they'll never get away with it or whatever and how you can't find the rest of them. Naturally, uh, Niddler coughs up the jewel and Ren's like, oh, we got it though, bitch. So yeah. Why would you tell him that you have Wait, it? Why would you do that? Because <laughs> it's just tempting him to send more dudes after you. And sure enough, Bloth has some of his crew get into uh, tracking boats, I think he called them, or like scout boats. I think he said scout boats. That also can fly. <laughs> they get tossed off the side. They're on robot arms and they t- get tossed off the side and they can also gently glide down after uh, the, the wraith, was it? Yes. And now there's four boats after them. That's so many boats after them. And then, But it's okay, he has the compass. Ren lifts it over his head and hits it so it does a circle. And in a couple of, uh, or in one specific spot, it shoots a laser beam. So like, all right, we're heading east. Tula's like, to adventure. Uh, well, this, that's how the fucking bad guys can know where to find you, is they see where the beam is pointing <laughs> off of your goddamn ship. <laughs> it is, in fact, not very subtle. No. Um... So Tula yells to Adventure, 
Oz. I Oz is, I think. Who's was called Oz. Oz yells uh, for treasure, and uh, Ren yells for octopod. <laughs> Which his is the least cool of the the calls to yell, uh, and they sail off into the setting or rising Saturn. Meanwhile, like eight ships fall after them. You guys aren't safe at all. That's how it ends. We'll find out how safe they are next episode. Not very. So, Jake. Yes. I don't think either of us has watched any of this before. We just no. vaguely remembered it. And we both watched the uh, Toy Galaxy. Toy Galaxy, over. yeah. Uh, first impressions, what do you think? It's not terrible. It's surprisingly well animated. Yeah, it's got a sort of a weird animated pacing to it yeah it's almost this gone... was very quick a lot happened in this episode it's true but also the way that like things move is a lot of it's a lot more like don bluthy than like yeah i don't know like ninja turtles or, or street sharks of the time yeah do you get like an aladdin feel from it a little bit okay it's probably just like the because people are brown stylistically well yeah that too so what was the most terrific part uh what was the most terrific part when godzilla had an earring and his name was alan or something <laughs> that was yeah it's pretty terrific i did like godzilla and i'm sad that he died yeah so easily to some chumps like yeah there's fucking scrubs you could have just fire breath them until they all died but right. you chose not to i was gonna say he could have but he didn't so maybe or maybe he, he only has one charge in the fire breath yeah He's busy using his fire breath to get off earlier and he wore it out. And used it on the wall. Yeah. I had to show this guy a fucking poem. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say that the most turtlerific part was when dad just dissolved like cotton candy <laughs> and some water. That was good. There was no trace of him. We didn't see his corpse getting swept out. It just fucking disappeared. Uh, who was the most likable or effective character? Hold on, I have to sneeze. Oh, I did it. Good I job. sneezed. Thank you for not sneezing directly into your mic. Hey. Or onto your mic. No even. problem. Uh, I mean, I'm or just gonna... up in the air like an asshole, <laughs> like, a like a geyser. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna. I like Nidler. Nidler. Yeah, he's a funny little. He's a funny little guy who just wants brunch like me. <laughs> you do too. You two do function pretty much the same. Yeah, useless if you're hungry. Yep. You constantly talk about how hungry you are. Yeah, and even after we've eaten, still pretty useless. <laughs> we also have jewels in our mouths. That's true. What about you, Sky? Who is the most whatever the question is? I like the lady uh, who may or may not have gotten a name who accidentally forgot about this guy's dad for oh. 17 years. Yeah, I'm sure she got a name. She, she just doesn't stick around long enough to be on the Wikipedia so I can it's reiterate the name. She's like, oh, fuck. Right. <laughs> hey, here's a sword. Sorry he died. Oh, shit. Balls. Oh, damn it. I forgot. It's a fun situation to comprehend. Um, what'd you do for a pop culture palette cleanse? Well, Sky, that's a great question. It also gives me time to remember what mine was. I know. That's uh, why I always ask it. I got uh, I got all caught up on, on Thor comics, like I just said. Mm-hmm. Um, X, X-Men comics switched um, from Hickman to Dugan, I believe. And uh, so I started, I jumped back on X-Men because I was like, well, maybe if there's a different um, writer then the storytelling will be more consistent and makes sense to me. Maybe actually provide some sort of stakes in the, in the storytelling. Yeah, so uh, I read the first two issues of that, and that was pretty good. What We Do in the Shadows came back, so I watched that. That's very good, very funny. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend. That's mostly it, I think. There were probably other things that I've forgotten about. Okay. What about you, Sky? Well, I watched a couple of dumb movies. One of them, I can't remember. Oh, here it is. Monsters of Man. It was pretty good. It was about some people who developed robots for the military. And then the military is like, let's see how many people we can kill with them. Um, it does sound like the military. Yeah. So they dispatched it into like, a, I think it was Cambodian town or something. Or not town, but like a village and killed a whole bunch of folks. And oh, like it was surprisingly brutal. Like you see a lot of children get gunned down. Like it, it goes all in, and I can kind of appreciate that. Um, it was pretty good. And I also watched a French horror movie called uh, High Tension. It was pretty good until it started to make absolutely no sense. <laughs> I, I feel like there's a time in our lives where you said you didn't like horror movies. I still don't like them. They're just a lot of them because they're super easy to make because they don't have to make sense. So I've been watching more. What a weird way to live your life. <laughs> yep. 
Gotta fuel the hate fire somehow. Guess so. I also watched What If, all of them. I'm, I'm caught up on What Ifs. Oh, I, yeah, I've just been watching those as they come out. Yeah, I forget. And the last two, I feel like the first two didn't really capture the spirit of the comics, where it's just nothing but depression and, like, the worst possible story to tell. <laughs> so these last two are like, hey, Doctor Strange fucked up so bad that he's now in a crystal all by himself forever. Yeah, that's that's a what if comic right there. Yeah, but the second one was a lot of fun, so I like that one. Yeah, that's not the spirit of what ifs. That's more of a of a like a, a just a regular story to tell. What if comics are always the darkest possible way? Like I read a what if comic where Spider Man dug up Gwen Stacy and used the Venom symbiote to bring her corpse back to life. Well, yeah, but Sky, you have to remember in the MCU. They just take bits of, of comic influence. Not everything is exactly like the comics. The sure. Winter Soldier movie is not the Winter Soldier comics. Civil War is not the comic. So the what-ifs are not the comics. They're just, they have to exist within the MCU and change one thing. And then we get T'Challa is Star-Lord and it's fun. <laughs> they're okay. It, they're exactly like reading a what-if comic where it doesn't really matter. And it's not a super satisfying story. It's fine. Yeah, but I think uh, it's going to come into play eventually with Maybe. some of this. Is it, they're doing a Marvel Zombies one or something. Yeah, what, 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 what's the change that makes them zombies? Like, I think in the comics, just like a meteorite falls or something. Something, I don't know. I didn't read them. Cause it, I don't think all of them are going to come back into play, but I think Captain Carter and maybe this Doctor Strange one are going to have uh, longer-lasting effects in the MCU. The Captain Carter would be cool. I don't know. I did some other stuff, but whatever. I don't remember what it was. And it, I guarantee you it wasn't interesting. So that'll probably do it for this week. Uh, thank you guys very much for listening. I don't know what theme song I finally decided on. I'm, I think I might... It's Under the Sea by the Suburban Legends. Uh, you can follow the show at Fail Pop Culture with Tony at the end. You can email the show at popculturefailure at gmail.com. You can rate review on whatever podcast app that you like to use. I think there's a thing called Overcast that is uh, a nice substitute for iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever they're at. It, it makes more sense. If you're if you're just abandoning the Apple Podcast app, you're too particular about your podcast. <laughs> it works just fine. I don't have any experience. I've just heard from several people that it's annoying. It's fine. It's no different than anything else. You follow me. I'm at Sandwich Surplus. I'm at Midwest Love Affair. And thank you guys very much. We will see you next time. Uh, fun the police and Black Lives Matter. And stay frosty, everyone!